0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Indians, your Cleveland Indians daily podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 247 Sports. Welcome to episode 101. That's right. We have done 101 of these episodes, starting with this one. Uh, It's what happens when you do them on the daily. But uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, it's a broken record, but it's a nice broken record. We're growing every day. We're growing every week. The numbers keep going up, up, up. So thank you all, first and foremost. On today's show, we will talk about the weekend's games. Um, we'll talk about, we'll do some standings watch. And then the second half, we're going to just go into schedules because things are really tight right now in terms of the playoff picture. Um, you yeah, know, after they beat the Red Sox last Monday, we were all kind of riding high on our horse, but. The problem since then is uh, everyone else has kept winning, and uh, the Indians, I mean, let's be honest, they've lost four out of seven. Yes, we split a series with the Yankees. That's great. Um, that is fantastic. That is a good takeaway for facing the best team in the American League right now, but they lost two out of three of the Red Sox, who are not a good team, and that's, that's what really kind of sets them up. Uh, When you combine those two together, again, that means they've lost four out of seven. Whereas a team like the Oakland Athletics during that same time, uh, they took three out of four from the Houston Astros. They had no business doing that, but they did that. Uh, The Rays had the Detroit Tigers, so they had a nice, easy stretch. (coughs) The Twins swept the Rangers. The Indians couldn't sweep the Rangers. Uh, The Twins took care of business when they were facing a team that wasn't good. And that is why, um, you know, the Twins are right now, up two and a half games on the Indians. The Indians are up one game on Tampa and I believe one and a half on Oakland. And to what I talked about last week stands. The Twins' schedule from here on out is worlds easier than the Cleveland Indians' schedule. Um, the Indians face almost twice as many teams with records over five hundred as the Twins. The Indians are skating uphill to try and win this uh, division. It is going to be difficult. It's going to take some top-level performances. And right now, you know, against that lesser competition, they've kind of shot themselves in the foot recently. Again, you know, they they didn't sweep Texas. They let a Boston team that was on the mat get back up. They have not performed quite as well. The New York series, again, fantastic. But uh, that's why, you know, it's a week later, and they went from half a game up in the division to two and a half games back. So I already talked about Thursday's game on the 100th episode. Uh it was you know the 19 to 5 uh frolicking fun fest uh a game really unlike any we've seen this year and what was i think i saw with zach meisel was the first time that every hitter has had a multi-hit game which i talked about like the rareness of that since 1906 since the, the they weren't even the indians or the cleveland naps back then so that was you know it was quite a game it was a good night to be an indians fan course the problems arose over the next few days starting with Friday's game you know it's I saw some people Puig's error led to this loss that's in my opinion uh on that that game that if you're looking at that as Puig being the cause then you know that's about as short sighted a view as you can have because Puig also nailed a runner at home and hit a home run to uh to get the Indians um one of their two runs in this game. Uh, Jose Ramirez with his 20th home run of the year, giving the Indians now six guys with 20 home runs. Uh, you got Ramirez at third. You got Lindor at shortstop. You got Perez at catcher. You got Santana at first. And you got Puig and Franmill who are your outfielders, DH, however you want to say it. Um, man, it's hard to look over at the, at the New York Yankees and see Cameron Mabin just having this fantastic year, Unlike anything he's ever done before, and remember, the Indians sold Gammon Mabin to the Yankees earlier this year, back when we uh, were starting the no good, very bad outfield. Um, I mean, people want to complain about all the days the Yankees players have spent on the disabled list, but DJ LeMahieu is uh, was an eight million dollars signing. I want to say, I mean, and he's going to be a top five MVP candidate. Gio Urshela was a scrap heap signing. And he is an all star candidate. Um, Cameron Maben being, I think it was like a $10,000 purchase from the Indians. And he is having the best season of his career. Um, the Yankees have been incredibly lucky this year. Yes, there's been a lot of injuries, but the, the, their ability to, to scrap heap and find and dig and guys having career years is really one of those things that cannot be overlooked. So, um, Aaron Saval has another good performance. Again, I think I'll continue having them first time through the league. I'm very curious to see what happens the second time he goes through the league. Um, and he's going to get that opportunity because we'll talk about Kluber later in the show. It's a 3-2 to two loss. It's unfortunate. Um, if you get mad at Puig, it's like here the ESPN headline, Puig's error or Shilla's hit, Puig's error proves the difference. It's yeah, a lot of run to get past, but you take Puig out of this game, and it's probably a 3-1 to one loss instead of a 3-2 to two loss. So it doesn't really change things. Um, it's still a loss. Close game. You hate to see him lose that, but this is one of those with uh, Tanaka. He's just the type of pitcher that the Indians seem to struggle with, even though he has not been that great this year. We move on to the Saturday game. James Paxton, you know, I kind of thought, oh, against a lefty, and they did get five runs across um you know it just all the home runs uh two by torres it's it was a frustrating game to watch um i did not it's kind of been my you know my repeated problem this year with um with tito so okay so please I get to the first clean second inning pop out ground out walk single and an error so you don't really blame him for the second inning so one run on the board whatever that's not his fault uh single single another error by mercado again you can't really get mad at him because it's not police fault but man like who's the the loser in this game it's mercado it's it's no other way to look through it but so then you come out in the fourth and the indians it's a tie game he gives up back-to-back home runs but strikeout, strikeout, pop out. Indians come back and tie the game up again. Ground out, strikeout, another home run, and that's when you go to the pen. Um, with as good as Lemayhu has been, I'm not letting Plesak face him. He just gave up two home runs last inning. This is the the Yankees' best hitter this year. He shouldn't have been in that situation. Um, you know, Whitgren gives up another home run. And then exiting to Torres, and that's the game because well the Indians get a run across and this the you know double the deep right single. I I was watching the eighth inning. I mean this hurt. Like the scoring on a wild pitch, Reyes ground out, Kipnis walks, and you're sitting there, you've got a runner on uh what first and third I'm like can't we pinch hit for Pilecki like why are you letting him face Zach Britton like he is probably the the worst hitter on the team this year this is a very important situation all you need is a deep fly ball Um, if Perez can't catch I mean you need to figure something out call up with you know have Haas come up Maybe send down one of the million arms in the pen to carry a third catcher. But I mean, this is a situation, and he hits into a double play. And the minute he stepped in the box, I'm like, he is going to hit into a double play. Um, it's high leverage situations are what matter in baseball. It's not about the ninth inning, it's about a high leverage situation. Like the Yankees probably should have gone to their best pitcher at that point. Um, leaving Britain in, even though he got the double play, is a mistake. Um, you go get Chapman if he's your closer, and you have him get one more out. That is the high-leverage situation in this game. This is the most important pitch of the game at that point. Uh, It's a one-run game. The Indians have runners on the corner and only one out. So in the most important situation of the game, the Indians have their worst hitter. If you, you have a bench for a reason, use it. This is the situation to use it. You know, it's... It drove me bananas. And then, you know, the... Yankees don't do anything in the eighth and then strike out, fly out, foul out, game over. I mean the Indians had a chance. That eighth inning was the chance and they did not they didn't play for a win there. They didn't play to lose, but I mean in a high leverage situation, you should be playing to win. They should be going full at it in that situation, and they didn't. And it just again, it's one of those moments that just drives me up a wall because Again, this division, we'll get into it. The wild card and the division race are extremely, extremely, extremely tight. This is not a, a place where the Indians can just sit back and hope it's going to go or think we have the playoffs locked up. They don't. So, something that is locked up is our sponsorship over here on Locked On Podcast. And we are very thankful to have Postmates be our sponsor. Um, You know, the idea of Postmates, and if you're keeping track of, you know, at home, that's another one for you. Postmates delivers what you need. Um, if you're not feeling well, if you're hungry, maybe you're just really tired, but you're really hungry and you're like, I can't, I can't even get behind the wheel. I'm just too tired. Postmate it and, and they'll bring it to you. Maybe you're feeling sick. They'll bring you that ibuprofen, whatever you need, whatever the time Postmates delivers. Um, it can be food, it can be, you know, wine, it can be groceries, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates brings you what you need. It's going to save you time, it's going to save you all the time, and as, well, as we know, time is money. So you're going to download the iOS or Android app, which is free, you can browse local restaurants and businesses and see, you know, when your delivery is on its way and how close it is. So the, the deal is, okay, here's our deal. You download that app, and Postmates is going to give you $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. So all of those deliveries are free. Um, you can order up your groceries. They'll bring them to you. That's going to be free. Uh, you need to get something from the store, and you're like, oh, I just don't want to go out. I'm recording this at 9 o'clock, and school starts tomorrow at 6 a.m., I don't want to do anything. Postmate it; they'll bring it right to my door. So you got a hundred dollars in free deliveries for those first seven days. You just go into the app, and you're going to use that promo code locked on. Remember, three hundred bucks in the seven days. Postmates, and we are back. So, uh, you know, I'm, I haven't even gotten to the win today, uh, just because it's one of those things. As I was going through the scores this week, it's just it, it was disheartening to see. How much ground had been gained um, in terms of that lead for the White Sox? And just you know, as we go through, it's even one of those things. How about in that three to two loss, um, top of the eighth inning? There's an error, so you got Naquin at first. So then we have Perez sacrifice, so Lindor can fly out, and Allen can ground out. That. These sacrifices, it'd be one thing if maybe the Indians had lucked into some, you know, that they had been working. The Indian sacrifice rate hasn't even been effective this year, and they're still doing that. I still, uh, the management this year just continues to drive me up the wall. Um, it's not been good. I don't think there's any way around it. Uh, the players have been fantastic. The front office has been great. The manager is a net weakness. Um, the Indians win today. Speaking of uh, management being great, Mike Freeman, uh, what a revelation. Uh, I was so incredibly wrong. Uh, he just continues to play well. I mean, a pair of doubles and a home run today. Uh, Mercado gets off the snide after that horrible game on Saturday with the pair of errors costing his team the game. He goes three for four tonight. Also steals some bases in this one. Um, you know He's not really in that uh, Rookie of the Year talk anymore, but still another strong performance by him. Clavenger, 10 Ks, three hits, two walks, no runs over five innings. Goody with a strong performance. Hunter Wood struggles, um, but he is a fringe reliever. Oliver Perez does his job. Nick Weckren does his job. Brad Hand, another performance. That ERA is now up over three. Um, I think there is some room for concern with Brad Hand and his you know if we do the month by month performances uh which again i mean relievers are a small sample size to begin with so when we look month to month we're getting a small sample size on a small sample size so it doesn't lead us to the best data but i think it is something to definitely look at that is my cat in the background you're hearing repeatedly saying that i still think it's good to kind of look at this information um Let's start with, you know, strikeouts to walk and batting average against. Those tell us something. So strikeouts to walk, he had 4.7 April-March, 4.67 May, June, 10 July, 7.5. This month, 1.75. He is, he's not missing bats anymore. Batting average against, 167, 161, 265, 206, 348. Um, if you want OPS, I mean 44 four, 474 493 716 750 923 um Brad Hand has been awful in the month of August um I don't know what you do with him uh but there is a point where if he continues to struggle I I am not a well he was our he was great for the first half if I mean August has been a dumpster fire if September is also a dumpster fire and you aren't looking to head into the playoffs um, halfway through the month of September, if he can't keep the job, he doesn't keep the job. I'm moving on. I'm finding someone who I trust in that back end role, especially because I mean Hand was not dynamic a year ago. His velocity has been down. He's had some inconsistencies. Um, you know th- that was the why there was a case to sell him in in July. I was not a fan of it because the Indians needed him and they still need him. But I did not think he was going to implode to this degree. But you can see it's been a gradual monthly increase with some big jumps i mean maybe gradual is the wrong term but he has every month gotten worse and it's like two great months two okay months um i mean july is okay um and then august was just awful i mean he's a a detriment to your team in the month of of august there's no other way around it so uh, brad hand getting his innings today not great but you know We'll hope that he can turn it around. So let's look forward to our schedules. Uh the Mets. The team that I looked at this at one point in time and thought, Oh, it's a cakewalk. The Mets, they've not been uh you know, who knows what they're doing. Uh the Mets they've cooled down a bit from that really hot start. Um I don't know if I want to say start, post-deadline performance. They lost two out of three to the Braves, which really hurt their momentum. They did take two out of three from the Nationals. And then this weekend, they were facing the Royals. So pretty easy weekend. They go two for three. Matchup one, Bieber versus Steve Matz. And you got Adam Plutko versus Stroman. Aaron Zaval against Noah Sinden-Garden. Um, this is a rough weekend. A uh, rough week, I should say. <laughs> I don't know why I'm stuck on thinking it's the weekend. Um, I mentioned I would talk about Corey Kluber. This seems like a good time to kind of break in and discuss Corey Kluber. Uh, he was pulled from his most recent minor league start because of an ab injury. Um, he only pitched one inning. He he had pitched some in AA. He was up to AAA. But in today's game, uh, for AAA, for precautionary reasons, he was removed after one inning. Um, we don't know if it's going to be a setback or... Or what's going to happen, but uh, not a good sign that abdominal tightness removed Kluber. So that's going to slow him and his return uh, to the Cleveland Indians. So right now the New York Mets are uh, three games over 500, And I mentioned playing pretty well. Uh, former pitching coach Mickey Calloway is their manager. Uh, it's a great... They have some great offensive players. Let me clarify that. Um, we are lucky we're not facing Jeff McNeil, who has been fantastic. Um, Brandon Nimmo hard came down to earth this year after his big year, a year ago, Dominic Smith finally was starting to put things together. I'm going to be curious to see what his trade value is in the off season. He's really a first base only prospect. People have loved him for a while and he was performing well this year through 88 games. Um, they've had to move him to the outfield, but that's, that's just a name to watch. Um, maybe not necessarily for the Indians You won't have a spot for him, but The Indians are lucky in regard. No Smith, no McNeil. Uh, Wilson Ramos has performed. Pete Alonso is one of, especially with Fernando Tatis' injury, should be the favorite for rookie of the year. Um, Ahmad Rosario has not been good defensively, but the bats been good. Uh, Todd Frazier is just still Todd Frazier. J.D. Davis has turned into a really good get for them. I really liked him out of, uh, Cal Fullerton. He was, I had him rated higher than Matt Chapman, so I was definitely wrong in that scouting report, but, uh, Davis has hit well in the minors and he finally got an opportunity. It was a lesser deal this offseason, um, where they got Davis and, They got one other player at that time, and I can't think who it was. And Ross Adolph was one of the big pieces who's continued to play well, um, who was from Toledo and was kind of an older guy who had a breakout junior year uh, from the MAC. But, uh, I mean, Davis is having a really strong year for them. Uh, And that's what's, I think, very interesting when you look in general at this team. Um, Juan Lagares has always been a good defender doesn't give you much and Michael Conforto is fantastic so you got Davis and Conforto kind of the ends of that outfield great center field is an issue um, you got Alonzo who's fantastic Jeff McNeil is one of maybe the most underrated hitter in baseball Dominic Smith is interesting they have the pieces of a good offense and um especially if they can you know flip Smith and get someone who helps them at second at shortstop I just don't know that horrible deal to add Cano Cano hasn't been good he hasn't been bad but it'd be so much nicer you know if you could move Rosario to second base get more of a defensive shortstop and have McNeil take over at third or put Rosario at third and have McNeil at second there's the pieces there um I really like this Mets team. I'm just gonna be honest. I really like a lot of the pieces in place. I think they're really interesting, um, but they're gonna be a massive pain this weekend. Steve Matz is a five. Uh, never quite lived up to some of the hype as a prospect and some of the playoff pitching performances when uh, the Mets were at peak. You know, Noah Sending Garden is a. Uh, little overrated this year. Still quite the good arm, but not quite the the amazing arm that he was in the past. Uh, Stroman has struggled a bit since he's come over, and that's not a surprise as he is a pitch-to-contact uh, pitcher, and the Mets defense is terrible. So, in the long scheme of this weekend, Bieber versus Mats. T- uh, they don't play tomorrow, so it's an off day. Tuesday should be a- Advantage Indians. Plutko versus Stroman, I'm still going to say Advantage Mets, and Thursday, Saval-Syndegaard advantage Mets. If I was going to say the one they are most likely to lose, um, I would go with uh, that's, it Just They've not phased him a bunch. He's going to be a hard matchup. That's going to be a harder one to see. The upside is after this series, it's Kansas City and then Detroit before Tampa. That's going to be a huge one. That last week of August, circle that. Circle the Tampa series as well when you circle those twin series. This Tampa series is arguably one of, not arguably, is one of the three most important, and one could make a case is the most important series um, for the Indians left this year. As of right now, when we pull up the wild card, the Rays are just a game back. Uh, That's how close it is for home field, and Oakland is a game and a half back of the Rays. So the Indians are two and a half games out of not being in the playoffs. That's how close things are right now. So this is not a walk-off. It's not an easy end of the year. Uh, This is going to be a dogfight the whole way down. And if you're curious about the next few days, um, the Twins have the White Sox, the Tigers, the White Sox, the Tigers. So, yeah, they're just going to keep piling on. This 2.5-game lead is likely to get bigger, um, not smaller. It is likely to increase. Uh, I don't know what to say. It's it's a hard situation. The Indians' chances of catching the Twins are very low, in my opinion, just because of the differences in schedules. Tampa is going to have Seattle and then Baltimore, and then they'll have Houston heading into that Cleveland series. And then after Cleveland, they have Baltimore and Toronto. Um, it's, it's a favorable schedule for them as well. It, I wouldn't be shocked if... At least by the time they start Tuesday, August twenty seventh, that series against the Astros, if uh, they are not the wild card leader, and then the last team to really um, get worried about the Oakland Athletics, I had the schedule open and I must have accidentally closed it. So you know, uh, again, for all of their you know their ace being suspended for performance enhancers injury issues uh very quiet deadline is <laughs> a team that's very much still in it Oakland has the New York Yankees and then they have the San Francisco Giants so they have a bit of I mean their schedule is harder and they have four against Kansas City and then back to New York uh, more against Houston they're the only team that measures up in terms of hard you know the strength of schedule as it does with the Indians that's why I still favor the Indians to make it as a wild card team at this point um, so I'm going to enjoy the next few games just because I think these Mets are a really fascinating team and there's a lot of fun players to follow on the other side of things. So, uh, you know, we'll hope for a sweep, but, uh, realize that is unlikely and I would just recommend to enjoy these games. It's a fun matchup. It's a fun team they're going against and, uh, yeah, enjoy. And I want to remember as always go tribe.